Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. And good day to you. This is Brad Zockel. You're listening to the Questions About Heaven podcast. And as you might know, we are walking through verse by verse through this magnificent book called Revelation. The Greek word for it is apocalypsis, and that means the unveiling. So get it? Revelation, revelation. We're seeing something revealed. And as I go into our study, it has been a magnificent display of seeing the Lord Jesus Christ as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He is described this way in Revelation chapter 1 as John walks into the vision and he's going to display himself in the wonder of the final destination of the believer in heaven with God the Father on the new earth in Revelation chapter 21 and 22, the final, final destination of the believer we see Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. Now, we've been walking through, Revelation chapter 12 has been giving us a a great mystery, it says. And I'm going to encourage you, if you have just dropped into this podcast, to go back and listen to those, the verse-by-verse description of the symbolism here. 12, 13, and 14 have some very, very heavy interconnected parts that you'll want to read each of them or, or listen to each of them as we talk about the Antichrist, or in some of your translations, it's called the beast. Now, we think about this as we're looking at the world at this time. You know, Psalm 34 and verse 10 says, They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. And what you see even today is people that don't want to seek the Lord, but they want good things. Well, this selfishness will be unbridled in the earth that we see from Revelation chapter 6 through Revelation chapter 19. There's greed and there's more greed, there's selfishness, there's a lack of independent decision-making by many people who will blindly follow the leading of the Antichrist, who, I'm going to remind you again, in some translations, it's referred to as the beast. So what I'm going to do right now is we're going to get started by looking at Revelation chapter 13, and I'm going to read, oh, I'm going to say probably about five verses here, and let's go into as far as we can within our time here. Revelation chapter 13, and I saw a beast coming up out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. On its horns were ten crowns, and on its heads were blasphemous names. The beast I saw was like a leopard, Its feet were like a bear's, its mouth was like a lion's mouth. The dragon gave the beast his power, his throne, and great authority. One of its heads appeared to be fatally wounded, but its fatal wound was healed. The whole earth was amazed and followed the beast. They worshipped the dragon because he gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast who is able to wage war against it. So those are the first four verses. Let's go into our study in this. When we're looking at this powerful, powerful vision, John is the one who is seeing this. And you can imagine, like with Daniel, seeing the many visions through the time which would make him physically sick. 
that you're seeing that John is seeing some things which must be uh, immensely, immensely uh, uh, stressful to him. And you will notice how many times he uses the word like. He's describing in first century mindset the things that he's seeing. So give him a break when you see him saying, this is as if, and that is like that. Two very copied or, or, or repeated words throughout these, these sections from Revelation chapter 4 all the way through the end of the Bible is like and as. Now we're looking at the end times and we see that everybody wants to know the end times. I'm, I'm going back and I'm thinking about this. Whenever we see that the scribes, the Pharisees, the, the publicans would come to the Lord and say, tell us, just show us something, you know, give us a sign. And we want to know. And the Lord says, Jesus says this in Matthew 12 and Matthew 16, they keep coming to him, wanting to see a sign from heaven, sign of the end times, sign of uh, the calendar sign, of something that's going to happen. And he tells them, you know, this is a wicked and adulterous generation that looks for a sign. And in that, verse 4, it, he continues to tell them, the signs are here. You are seeing things which talk about your need for a decision because you don't know when your time is going to end. But they're saying, look, we just want to know, and a lot of people will want to know signs from heaven. But what we see is, when we go to Matthew chapter 24, when we look at things like this, I just want to remind you as we are looking into these different passages here, that these do not become something of uh, uh, just a, a dinner conversation or, uh, ooh, guess what I learned? And we tend to, I, I've been saying this for years, people will tend to try to read Revelation like a, a Spider-Man comic book or maybe a Time magazine. It's interesting, it makes for good conversation, but I'll leave it at that. And that's a really sad thing. Because this calls us to action to talk with people, to let them know of the growing, the swelling of the evil and the rebellion going against the holy things of the Lord. In the 27th verse of Matthew chapter 24, when we take a look at this, this is what the true believer will do in seeing these signs. I believe it's just about every week I will have somebody say, when, do you think that Jesus is coming soon? And I say, well, of course. Or does somebody say, you know, because of the red heifer prophecy or the red moon, and they'll name specific things. And I say, you know, those things might encourage, but I don't look at those and say, oops, since that's happened, it's definitely going to come. Oh, the third temple is probably going to come up. What do you think? What do you think? Well, the first thing is, it, it has nothing to do with what I think. My opinion is irrelevant in this. But the Bible tells us we should live in an era of expectancy. Matthew chapter 24, verse 27. For as lightning that comes from the east is visible even in the west, so will the coming of the Son of Man. And when we see this, then we read in verse 38, however, there are people that just don't care. You know, if you tell us at 1159, we'll get right, but we want to live the way we want to live. Just tell us the exact time. And this is what it says in verse 38. For in the days before the flood, before that big judgment, People were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. See, they really didn't care. It was an air of incredible complacency toward uh, personal responsibilities and such. But we do know that, as it tells us in Matthew 24, verse 36, 42, verse 44, that you just don't know. You do not know when the time will come. 
So what do we do? When we're studying all of these things, I would take you to Luke chapter 19 and verse 13. There's a key word in there, pragmatuamai. Pragmatuamai is the Greek word in this story. What's the story in Luke chapter 19? The master is going away. As Jesus is telling the story, you know exactly what he's talking about when he's leaving, and the servants are there. And what are they supposed to do? And he says, occupy till I come. Pragmatuamai. Doesn't that sound familiar? Have you ever heard of, of the pragmatic thing to do? Do wisely. Do the things you should be doing. Just occupy till I come. So when we learn these things, we, we talk about these things, we can share with people, we can encourage one another, we can warn people. Then I stood on the sand of the sea, uh, John says, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns. Then when he's standing there, uh, think about this. Now the view, when we had seen the, the, the wondrous mystery of what was going on in the heavens in the last chapter, now it slams us down into the chaotic water on the seashore on the earth. Now, when we take a look at this one uh, verse here, we're taking a look at the opening, and it says, then I stood on here. When he is standing there on the sea, there are some translations that would emphasize, well, it really says, then he stood on the sand of the sea, that he would give his power. It may be that John is writing down through these uh, manuscripts, we see this, that John is saying, well, then I see the vision of the dragon. From the last chapter, we read about the dragon's activity. Well, then he stands on the sand of the sea. Well, think about that. If, that. if that goes that way, there's no doctrinal problem either way. But if the manuscripts hold this, then this is emphasizing that the dragon gives his power to the one called the beast, who we would know as the Antichrist. Now, if we go back to uh, Daniel chapter 7 and verse 2, we see that Daniel says, in my night vision, I was watching and suddenly the four winds of heaven stirred up the great sea. Now, this could be the very same place where the, the seas are churning and there's the introduction of this one in the middle of the chaos here. Now, we know this, and we've talked about this before, that in those days in the biblical times, that these fishing boats would always be within sight of land. I mean, think about it. In the latter chapters of the book of John, Jesus is on the shore. They are so close to the shore, although they're fishing. Jesus can call to them. They can talk back and forth. No one goes out of sight of land because the Jewish people at that time found that the sea was very terrifying. There were things down beneath you. There were behemoths and nautical monsters that who knew? And there were always urban legends of some uh, ship getting swallowed, and somebody knew somebody's sister who knew somebody's friend whose aunt's uncle uh, talked about this, and it goes way down the line that, of course, their whole ship was swallowed up you know, by uh, some great monster, and so there's a terrifying thing. So this uh, introduction here of saying it in front, in, by the side of the sea enhances the terrifying thinking uh, that comes along with this. They were very, very scared of this, uh, coming out of the sea, out of this chaos. And somebody would say, it's just like, we, you know, we always talk about this, that there is a monster coming out of the sea. Well, indeed, 
here, here is a monster coming out of the sea when we see this here. When uh, I think of Isaiah 57 and verse 20, but the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. Indeed, it gives you many illustrations of that. And from here, this beast comes forth. All right. And so when you see this, you're seeing two horrifying creatures, a dragon, which would represent Satan himself, and then a beast, you know, uh, on this, when we have this uh, explanation of the beast, we're talking about something that is not a domesticated animal. We're not talking about a beautiful, uh, domesticated, uh, careful animal that knows how to be with humans. This is something that is unpredictable and terrifying here. And when we see this, this thing should be chained. This thing should be controlled. By who? By a dragon? So you get the idea that this is a terrifying thing. Out of all of this, we see that this is going to be something uncontrollable by anybody trying to contain it. Isn't that something? Because we go to John chapter 1, and it says, when the light enters the world, Jesus the light, that the word katalambano means that the darkness could not uh, uh, comprehend, but it also means apprehend. And they even though this one, the light, Jesus, the Lamb, came wanting to be accepted, they wanted to control and smash down. Now they find out they have no control over this one, and this one wants to smash them down. All right, so when we see this, there's a description here. This one, this beast, has something that's quite stunning to John. It has seven heads and ten horns. And when you see this, these ones are crowned. And when we see this crowning here, this one here is letting you know that, well, on the first thing, you have this unbelievable world power of all of these nations. Anytime we see these ten, anytime we see horns, in the Bible, it symbolizes strength. Ten, we've known ten to be a number of power, of great activity, and of a short, even explosive uh, uh, event coming. If ten is used, ten horns, this is an explosive empire, ten horns in this. And with it, this one has so much power, this dragon is allowing it to happen, to have it. Seven heads, well, you would say this. It would be mighty hard for someone to kill a beast with one head. Two heads, seven heads, which one is under control? How would you do this? Seven meaning complete. So let's not think and start seeing some. I kind of have to, I get embarrassed sometimes when we see some artists that will try to draw these things out because remember, John is using symbolism here as well as explaining what will really go on. The seven here is more to be seen in symbolism, that it has complete control. Seven heads. The empire is a world power. It is going to replace, in its thinking, God. And so what happens here? 
we look in the scriptures, what did we see in the early verses? I believe it's Revelation chapter 1 and verse 4. And we see in heaven, and we also saw this back in Isaiah chapter 11, the seven characteristics of the Holy Spirit of God. And that is heaven bound, heaven born, these wonderful, wonderful, holy aspects of the triune God, the seven characteristics of it. This here, oh, this is the seven heads of the world of domination and selfishness and such here. And when we see this, we see this in uh, what we might call, with a capital A, the Antichrist. Now, when we see this, we are seeing 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18 would tell us this. Little children, it's the last hour, and of you have heard the Antichrist is coming. And this is the John that wrote that, writes the book of Revelation 2. And when we see this Antichrist, we are starting to see the important thing. This is what I've told my classes all the time. Anti means two things. If I say I'm anti-environment, I'm against the environment. If I'm anti an anti-oil, I have a social issue, I'm anti-oil. Then I'm against oil, oil companies or something. You know, it's against, all right? But you also want to remember something. Anti also means instead of. This is the instead of Christ. This beast is not only going against Christ, it is offering a substitute to Christ. This one's saying that there will be people at that time who will find during his introduction, somebody saying to those that have made a decision for Christ, oh, you're following this Jesus that lived 2,000 years ago, reading some ancient book. Well, my Jesus, in my instead of Jesus, my Christ is here right now. I see him over the internet. I see him on TV. I have him now. I'll take him instead, they say to the Christian, instead of your Jesus. That is the significance of this word antichrist, the one that's being introduced here with seven heads and ten horns. Now, when you see this here, when you take a look, you are going to see the horns have uh, heads, and you are seeing this together, meaning not only strength, but knowledge. Not saying it's noble, but heads meaning intellect, horns meaning power. And this is what's being brought here. I see this on its crown, on its horns were ten crowns, on its heads were blasphemous names. The crowns are talking about the superiority, about the ownership of the kingdoms. And on its head were blasphemous names. So we're getting it very, very clear that this one here, the one that is wearing diadems, these ones here, these are not Stephanos crowns. There are two words for crowns in the Greek, Stephanos and diademos. This one's diadem, which is saying they have it by right, this power. Somehow they have this by right. Now, the names of blasphemy, a name on each of these heads is going to be blasphemous against the Lord, right against them. Now, what happens here, we see the leopard, bear, and the lion are represented coming out of the sea. Daniel is talking about this. When we go back, 
Daniel's fourth beast talks about this whenever he has the vision in the book of Daniel, and what an incredible, stunning vision it is in there. And when he sees this, they had these different crowns. And what we see in all of those, we see these other beasts uh, in Daniel having different number of crowns, but none of them have the total number of this one in one beast having all of these crowns, all of these heads, all of these horns here. And this is talking about emphasis. What Daniel hinted at, John is now revealing under one entity, the world is going to be dominated. See, in World War II, you had the Axis, the ones that wanted to take over. But the different countries formed together, and even among them, there was fighting and uh, insecurity. This here, there need to be no compatriots, no associates, one world power. Daniel talks about this as he says, these are four world powers that I see in my visions. This one comes down and says, it is one international entity that is going to fight God. Well, that'll start off our introduction into this wonderful book, but also a very shocking book here as we're looking at Daniel, Revelation, the visions of the beast known as the Antichrist, the instead of Christ, the replacement Christ. God bless you. Take care. This is Brad. I really appreciate you following this. This is going to be a pretty serious and heavy study. Follow it carefully. We'll break it down and we'll go slow so we can take it and we'll overlap, go back and forth and kind of weave everything in that we might understand this. Thank you so much. I appreciate you and Lord willing, we'll talk soon. Thanks for joining us this week on Questions About Heaven with Brad Zockel of the Zulon International Bible Institute. Be sure to visit our website, zulon.org, to learn more about our Bible ministry. That's X-U-L-O-N.org. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. Or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help us out too. And keep an eye out for our upcoming ebook, Questions About Heaven. Thanks, God bless you, and have a great day.